Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and uh, we got a rare treat for you today. We got a gentleman by the name of Corey Livingston, and he is he's with us for the entire time that we're together today, and he is actually a really, really talented fella. He is a musician. He's a singer-songwriter. He's also a, um, a transformation coach. And he helps people live their best lives. So well, with that, Corey, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Great, Kevin. Thanks for having me aboard. It's nice to be here. It is nice to have you. I want to, so that you can follow along, I want you to be able to uh, click on uh, CoreyLivingston.com. That's Corey with a K. And just like it says right there. And uh, Livingston, Livingstone.com. And uh, you can follow along with us. He's got a bunch of uh, music videos loaded up, and and he's got his life story and all of that. So we're going to talk about all of that today. So uh, it's it's great to have you here, and and uh, it's awesome. When did you learn to uh, be a be a musician? How long ago was that? Well, that's a long home, time, home, ago. time ago. In a and, land uh, so far away. It was a long time in the. Actually, I didn't. It wasn't my idea, but as a matter of fact, <laughs> it hardly ever is. It was probably your mom or dad. <laughs> it was my mom's idea completely. You know, I, uh, I just, I know, I was just standing in the in the front room looking out the window, and I see these, you know, you're small, these two big, huge guys dragging up this piano up the front stairs, and mom says, "Guess what? You're you're starting piano lessons next week." <laughs> <laughs> That's a mom for you. Yeah. Well, she made it. She made it uh, important in your life, and you've done a lot with it. You've done a lot with it over time. Yeah, uh, it, it was more important than I than I thought, and uh, I got to take my hats off to her because I think it was harder on her than it was on me and my two brothers because there were three of us. Like me and my two brothers, we all had to go, and she was the enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> now are your brothers still playing oh no no you know it's uh only i'm the only one that took took to it you know and i have two sisters that followed afterwards and you know they they took to it i mean it didn't take everybody everybody did their time <laughs> but <laughs> i turned it and i took it uh, uh i only did my time for about eight or nine years and then i and then i and then it became part of me. I enjoyed it. it. Was no longer doing time. It was a calling after so, a while. <laughs> so, so you, for eight or nine years, you didn't want to do it, or did you? It... You could say, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. I, uh, I even failed my uh, 
I was at the Royal Conservatory, and I even remember I had the grade six exam. I even failed that, you know, because I was I was not motivated, and uh, and I used to give my teachers. Well, one teacher in particular, she said, "Oh, Mrs. Livingston, that card. He's one of my best students, but he just won't." <laughs> supposed to do <laughs> well what was it that uh turned it on for you was it the type of music you were playing did you discover something new 100 <clears throat> percent. see the problem the problem with uh with early beginning uh piano lessons is most people most teachers want you to go, you know, daddy goes gaga, baby goes gaga, daddy goes goo goo. I, I didn't want goo goo gaga as far as music, music repertoire goes, okay? I didn't know that at the time because they were giving me these pieces, you know, up and down the bridge, Johnny go. I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't until I got to high school. And this was, and I, I had, you know, I had done my time. <laughs> I'd done my time, you know, and my mom said, you know, and I, you know, I did it like a good son, and I, and I actually got to stop for a year or two, but I went to high school, and I was just at the years the Beatles were coming out. That's how much long I've been around. You and I are contemporaries. <laughs> yeah, there we are. And then this was the era of garage bands. Sure, they sprung up. Every ever have, and you know the 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 lure, the lull of that. And I went into my I went to my first. These guys, I I bought an organ. You know, I I saved my money from delivering papers, three hundred dollars, and this is a long time ago. And I spent it all on this organ, figuring, out, oh, I took piano lessons, I can join a band. So I joined this band, and I was like a you know when a dog. What does a dog do when it chases a car and it and if it actually catches it? It doesn't know what to do. That's true. And there, and there I was. <laughs> in the, I didn't know nothing. They said, well, you need this chord. That, what, 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 what? Then I went and found myself a jazz piano teacher. I went I went to the Yellow Pages. This is the Yellow Pages where I hear it's the before internet. And it turns out this guy was a one-time accompanist to Billie Holiday. Oh, wow. And that was just, I went from forced piano lessons, uh, being forced to practice a half hour a day, to playing two hours a day practice and paying for the lessons myself <laughs> from the money I got for my paper. I used to deliver papers early in the morning. Nobody could see me, right? <laughs> right. Go the mail. I went from zero to a thousand, not even a hundred, zero to a thousand like that. And then, and he turned me on to this, you know, wow, this the cool music, cool stuff you could do. And then I said to myself, you know, I'm going to go back to the conservatory and give it another try. And I went back and I had this teacher. Her name was Edna, Edna Banks. You can't get any, any more Victorian than that. And that was her, Edna. I mean, who calls her child Edna? So it's... <laughs> Different time back then. So that tells you how old, you know, how old she was. Yeah. She's as old as I am now. She was <laughs> Edna Banks. She showed me Bach, 
tunes that blew me away. And and uh, Mozart, I was I was one of her top students. I mean, it was I this she showed me this whole real music, not la 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 la, la or up and down the bridge. She Johnny carry the water, you know. Hey, you know, this is what this is. You know, give me real music. This is what. See, this was lurking. The real music magician was inside me. He says, "This we we cannot live." We cannot live on, on these McDonald hamburgers. You know, we refuse, we revolt. We're ready for fine dining. And that's just the way it was made. And this, and I, I haven't, and I never stopped since then. That was, that was the beginning. Uh, you know, I left guys that were better than me musically at that. I left them in the dust in a matter of months. It was just a bang, a big explosion. Now, what do you think caused that? Was it that just you had this innate ability or was it that you were motivated? Both. See, I had, I, I was, I was, I was in a situation where I was given dribble. And that demoted, that demotivated me. I said, you know, what is this? I, I'm not going to eat. It's like giving your, your raised some bad food for some reason, bad advice. But when you're given the real stuff, like real music by real composers, you know, who made you use this, okay, I became inspired and motivated. And plus, you know, you have the pop music and, you know, man, I can play, I got, I, I discovered the blues. I haven't had the blues before. It was just stuff I heard junk on the radio. And it was, and, and jazz. I mean, it was interesting stuff. And, and you could create. I was sure. creating. And so, you know, it just snowballed. It just snowballed. And so you became, and you've composed your own stuff. You're a pianist. Now, tell us, I want to focus in a little bit on on your trans, transformational speaker-ing, if you will. What did, where did that come from? Well, this is... And I'll tell you how that started. I was uh, all my life. That's how I made a living. I've been a professional musician all my life, even before. You know, I this is you know everything was analog. And a number of years ago, I think about fifteen years ago, I was doing a do-it-yourself concert, and that means you you the uh, the venue is there. You have to turn it into what you want. You could turn it into a, you know, a, a, a library, a seminar room, a, a flower show room, whatever you want. But so I turned this. It was a well-known venue here in Canada. It was small, small, not large. Maybe hold a, a couple hundred people, and it was just four bare walls. So I had to go down and set that up because with my band, I went down like early Saturday morning. I had to set up. I had theater curtains, you know, and stands, and I had to hang up. I had my I had my tool belt, my ladder, all this stuff. I had a step ladder up and down the step ladder, hanging, you know, lights up, down, and shine in the curtain. I had to get the snacks organized and merchandise table. I had them. I was having a grand piano delivered, you know, because I wanted to do a real nice concert, and then the tuner had to come. So I'm doing this stuff all day long, and uh, you know, the band doesn't come because they just they just come and play and stick their hand out for the money, right? So. <laughs> when you're a leader, you have to do all this. So anyways, I did this. <clears throat> and the concert was a great success. 
Now, about a week and a half later, uh, I get this little, if I have it here somewhere, uh, I had it in a frame somewhere, I don't know where I keep it. Anyways, I got this, this note on a little three by three post-it blue paper note. And it said, the defect, the Corey, I, I have, I've had admired your let me see if i can fix this give me a second i know it's got in here give me a give me one second well no i'll just tell you off, off. i said i have admired your um i've i've admired what it, what you were doing and he says it's more more than talent and he was talking about me setting up the show okay i admired your i admired your he says it's more than talent. It's a quiet determination. And what blew me away, he ended up with, I would do well to apply the same to my own life. So, oh, wow. And, and you know, who, you know who wrote it? No, tell me. It was the maintenance man. Oh, <laughs> custodian of the building. Well, it just goes to show you that, that you never know where these little gems are going to come from. He was watching me set up, and that's and it wasn't unusual to me. But he saw there was a determination in what I was doing. He could see I was I'm here to do something, and not I'm, he was not even talking about the music. Okay, so I said to myself, I don't know what he meant, but he meant something. There's 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 more in there than what he said." Right. And I said to myself, I'm just going to put that up on the shelf and let it sit there. And something will come to me eventually. Sure enough, about seven, eight years later, I got involved with a, a mentor who was actually showing you how to write a book. Mentoring how to write a book. Sure. Said, Everybody's got a story with them you can write about. I said, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out for myself what Neil, that was the guy who said, what Neil meant by the word quiet determination. So I sat down to write. And there was the genesis of the book, Quiet Determination. I just sat down and analyzed what I did during life and, and how I did it. And one thing led to another, to another. And I, and the, and the book just flowed. And I wrote, basically it was how I, how I developed as a musician and things I had to do, things I was forced to do. I was actually being equipped for life. And those, those not tomes, but those, those, uh, rules and a discipline discipline i learned through music i applied to everyday life and that was the secret of my success now when i say success my success was not to be a millionaire we, you know it's not okay i'm not a success until i make a million dollars have my own no it wasn't that it was that you are you're satisfied you're happy you have enough money 
in the bank, you have your family, your family's taken care of, you are living and 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 enjoying it. That's so you know that's the one thing I write in the book. Don't make your success dependent on somebody else's definition. It's your own definition. You are successful. We're all successful when we have achieved our goals. Okay. Just that too many of us equate success with uh, I gotta have a couple of million dollars. Nonsense. Okay. Look at all the rich and famous people in the world and their lives are okay. So that was the genesis of the book. And then with that, I ended up following my own advice in the book sometimes. <laughs> well, it's pretty helpful if you follow your own advice in the book. Yeah, which, you know, uh, the show that, that it wasn't BS. And, and, and further with the book, I mean, I, when I was writing, I said, you know, people could think that, oh, yeah, he's just there. Yeah, okay, he's had a lot of experience. He's just telling us shooting the bull and all that stuff. But you know what I did, Kim? The things I wrote about, I went to see if anybody else wrote about them. I went and looked at the science, what the, what the researchers and the, and the psychologists were writing about, and they had the same things as me. Yep. Talked about accountability. They talked about efficacy. They talked about organization. And, you know, they, they talked about quality. And all these things I talked about, and I put it in my book with them backing me up what I said. So, and, and that, that really surprised me that what I said had already been, how I was living was already been proven or discovered <laughs> by these learned scientists. So I knew I had something. And then, you know, wanting to pass that information along to people, there's where this, you know, one thing leads to another. Why I'm not, I wasn't going to, I'm not happy just being a, an author. So now I can now spread the news because I yep. know there's lots of people out there who would like to better themselves, would like to learn more, would like to achieve more, would like to this. Because what I do, because, you know, I'm a self-starter. Someone even called me, oh, you're an overachiever. You know, they always want to point their fingers if you... If you work, don't work so hard, because the rest of us will have to work just as just as hard. <laughs> okay, that's what the union boss will tell you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but you know the the thing about being an overachiever, I think that that's not that's that really isn't appropriate because an it's overachiever. What what exactly are they saying when they're calling you that you're you're doing better than you deserve to be doing? Is that what they're 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 saying I'm you're doing you're making you're doing more work. I'm I'm shamed because you do so much work and I do so very little. You're trying too hard. You're making me have to work hard, harder than I want to, harder than I can. So I'm going to call you an oh you're an overachiever. It's, and the a single word for it is jealousy. There is that. By the way, in your in, in your book, you say uh, you just discover how to change your thought patterns so you'll be empowered with the confidence and determination to pursue your dreams without the fear of failure and self doubt. You do recognize, don't you? Because you're you're about my age. Actually, you're a little older than me, uh, but that's but that's okay. Um, but you do realize that that is now becoming scientific fact. 
that that if you work to discover and change the patterns that you have lived your life by and you make these changes, you can literally do anything that you want. Well, you know, and this is what we are not told. No. When we're growing up, we're told, Kevin, do this. Kevin, don't do that. (laughs) And and me. Kevin, stop doing that. And because they said don't, I did. Yeah, that's right. And and the patterns, our mindset got set, you know? Yep. We got set. Who who's who caused all this stuff? You know, when you're looking, don't look, you're looking around, looking around, don't look at me. And so we're trained. It's the mindset we're trained in, you know, and that that takes over. And people don't realize that that's just the that's that's was something artificial that you were that was put upon you you know the rules the rules as one as my one of my uh piano teachers told me years when i teenage, rules were made to be broken yes they yes they were and you know what's interesting about that is that what you're just describing is what i call telling ourselves a story we create this story about ourselves and who we are and what we can do and what we can't do. And, and then when, when we try and step out of that, that little voice comes in that you can't do that. Who the hell do you think you are? That's right. That's right. Ourselves will tell us that. And worse than that, your friends and family will tell you, tell tell you that, you know, and that's one thing I want to pass on from my book. You know, many people, a lot of people have messages that they want to pass on. And, you know, I, the, the one of the mentor I had, he, he charged me a lot of money. And in the end, I said to myself, is that all there is? I was basically overcharged. But, you know, in today's economy, if they'll pay it, you'll take it. So I want to pass on to people let people know that they can write their books at a fraction of the of what I had to pay. And that's why I want to pass on to people. It's basically and it's it's basically a system. And it doesn't matter. And and I you know I I speak to different people. I I spoke uh, I speak a lot of times to groups that uh, English is their second language and they're still slaughtering the language. <laughs> Yeah, yep. English is my second language, that's for yep. sure. And I say, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, but I've never written a book, but it doesn't matter. If the bottom line is, if there's a system, all you have to do is plug into the system and you will get your book written. Because I know, like, especially on your show, a lot of people who have messages, they have to tell other people, they have stories, they have, they have uh, they have cures for other people's problems, right? Yeah. And they can uh, they can let people know in a very direct way. Uh, people can also use books as marketing tools. You know, let pe- the people as soon as you write a book, right away. Oh, I wrote a book. You're deemed as some kind of genius or some kind of expert, which is great. You know, so if you're a realtor and you're writing a book about, you know, 
what what to look about for real estate or how to renovate a home like it doesn't have to be about what what you do you know like a realtor you won't write about selling homes he would write oh here's how to uh decorate uh or or or, or decorate, redecorate a home or here's what to look for you know and he's not even talking about selling it just some valuable information so it doesn't matter you know you could be uh there's one company uh, 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 one one lady in old wrote about um pets when they die yeah because, you know a lot of people are it's worse you people treat their pets they're more valuable than family members absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know? and her book was picked up by a um a, a, a pet food company sure what a great uh, marketing for a pet pet food company i'm not going to sell you pet food today is we're going to give you a book about uh how to cope when one of your pets die and you know what an emotional impact that gets so you know this is what i want to help help people go get into that situation just like my book and my book opened up things to me like the whole thing about speaking one thing leads to another and sharing your information because i know everybody's got a story or something they want it could even be a legacy yep it's it's interesting that then this day and age you are not considered an expert unless you've written a book now you may have the knowledge up here and you may be really 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 good at what you do but if you haven't written a book that writing a book qualifies you as an expert in your field whatever that is it that's that's because we've been trained and now i don't know how long that's going to last because now we're in virtual <laughs> we're in the land of virtual virtualism you know before you had to you had to you know we have the book the books in hand and that looks like a that looks like a lot of work to do. And we went to school, and what did we have in school? We had books. We went to college. What did we have when we had books? We went to university. What did we have? We had books, textbooks written by all these scholars and all these brilliant people. So that has just worked its way down in into uh, common normal societies where if you've written a book, you have to have something up there. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. If somebody wants to write a book, how can you help them? Well, it's, I'm a, I'm a system and you, you, what you want to do. And that's one thing. This is, this is number one thing. Anything that is successful, I don't care what topic it has a system. You want to become a you want to become a doctor? There's a system. You want to become a dentist? It's a system you have to go through. Okay. You want to uh, you want to go to the supermarket to buy some groceries? There's a system. You have to walk in. You have to put the stuff in your cart. You have to go to the checkout desk and pay. You can't just walk in and go out the back door. Right. There's, there's, you, well, there's, you can, but that's a very short career. A very short career, and, and that's not the system. See, you, you, you got to. Right. If you don't stay in the system, you're going to get in trouble. That's exactly <laughs> so, right. So we're looking at books. Anything. Uh, it's uh, baking a cake. 
it's a system. You gotta have ingredients. They gotta be these particular ingredients. You gotta have, uh, you gotta have pots. You gotta have pans. You gotta have an oven. You gotta have electricity, <laughs> and you do it in this order, right? It's a system. You, you you don't turn the oven on, and then throw the flour in and hope for a cake, right? <laughs> and 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 that's and and that's not far from the truth because people don't have a system. It's exactly what they do. Okay, I throw the water in the bowl and then throw some baking powder and put it in the oven. Oh, I'm going to have a cake. I'll put the flour in later. And I'll put... <laughs> no, no, no. It's not going to work yeah. like that. That's, right. Right, that's not a system. So with the book, you, you start off in the beginning. you got to think about, well, just some general talking. Um, what's your book going to be about? Just general. So uh, is it going to be like inspirational? Is it going to be instructional? Uh, is it going to be motivational? Well, it's going to be entertaining. Or it's going to be comforting, or it's going to be informative. So you know, so that's kind of like the type style. What's it? So that gets you started for one thing. Mine was informative. You know, I'm trying to quiet determination. I'm trying to figure out what does that mean. So it's going to inform me, or it could even be you could even call it discovery. So and then, well, that would come into objective. So what do I want my book to do for me? My book was what I wanted to do was what does quiet determination mean? I mean that I wasn't thinking about I'm gonna sell it, I'm gonna speak, I'm gonna do all these things. It was I'm I wanna find out what it's gonna do. Now you could be things like it could be more things like uh well if you're a speaker, you will I'm gonna have something to introduce myself with. Or we're talking about before I'm a realtor. I want to make myself an expert in this particular field, so I'll, I'll write a book. Okay, um, I want to like leave a legacy. I, whatever, whatever it is, that's your objective. And then you have to figure out. And these are just casual things. This is just this is before you get into the uh, uh, hammer and tong, as it were. Then you think, well, who would like to? Who do you, who do I think would benefit from uh, from my book? So, if I'm, uh, let's say I'm uh, uh, in the in the money, I'm a, I'm a money manager, and I wanted to write about a book about saving money. Okay, well, it's probably going to help people who are interested in saving money. To buy something, to invest something, or how you know how to use their money properly, how to make their money last longer. So, I'm going to help people. This is where you; these are the people I'm going to help. So you, so you now you see your focus is becoming your book. You know, you you're out here, so you're it's getting more and more narrow. It's getting more and more focused. Now, uh, you might want to think. Now, there's probably hundreds or thousands of books on this topic. Um, how, what can I do to make mine sort of stand out? What, what can I do to make it a little different? Okay. What, what could it be? And see, all these things take a little bit of thought. See, and, and so far we haven't even written any, well, I shouldn't say written. I, I always advise write these things down. Okay. But, 
no one's reading them yet. It's only for you. It's only for yourself. This is so you're 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 getting the, the you're sort of building the you're getting yourself psyched up. Okay. So my particular event in my book was to. I'm not talking about how to do this. You know uh, how how to become uh, so, so do this. And then do this, and then do this, and do this. what I'm. What mine was how to make it different. Mine was, I'm going to concentrate on the mindset. Okay, how can you change? It's about changing your attitude towards. Uh, I want to change people's attitude towards success. It's not you're not going to be successful by buying my book. No way. You're not going to be successful by buying anybody's book. You're not going to be successful by going any buying anybody's course. You're only going to be successful if you change your mindset. Okay. To stop buying all these things, pick one of those things and and do what they tell you to do. So change your mindset that I have to do it, not because I bought so-and-so's book or so-and-so's uh, uh, course and I put it under my pillow and I woke up the next, gee, I'm successful. I achieved my goals. This, this, from my experience, is what most people, people do. They think the more courses I attend, the more seminars I get, the more books I buy, I'm going to be more successful. I'm going to be successful. No, you're not. Because the, the mindset's not there. You have to change your habits so you actually do stuff to make yourself do, 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 not read. Well, you can read, yes, but then you have to do the do. <laughs> so that's where I was, that's where I was trying to make my book a little different. So that's just getting, that's just sort of getting your playing field level. So that's one of the first things you have to do. Now, uh, if you're going to move to the second step, you can start now. You still, you know, this is important to remember. You, 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 you should be writing as much as possible. And people might ask, "Well, should I do it on the computer? Because I type quickly." I know from experience, and I know from studies. <laughs> If you take this and put this to it, that's the best way to make sure that you're really thinking about what you are doing and that you are really getting in to the moment. That's just my suggestion. So anyways, um, now, some things uh, you can do on the computer because um, you can take them directly into your book. And what do I mean by this? Well, I would look at the next step, problems. What problems for with your book, what problems would your readers have? What keeps them up at night? 
what problems your audience might be wrestling with. Like, they might say, how can I afford the extra things for my growing family? Or how can I make it on my own? Or how can I start my own job? Or why am I afraid of? So you write down all these questions that your imaginary might have. And we're still, you know, and the benefit of doing this, you're thinking, see, you're already writing. Yeah. You're already writing, and you may not even realize it. You've already written 10 things. You know, it can be more, but I'm just giving a, a, a number. You're already writing, your, your book started. And then you think a little bit deeper, and then you think about what's the most serious need? Is there, is there a one really one big fat problem that really stands out or is there a specific unmet maybe there's an unmet unmet um problem that people have people have a the big problem that many people have in this particular area and it, and it hasn't been it's never been answered you know so you're actually you're actually creating your own gold mine. Yeah. And with your experience or your knowledge or your system can, can answer those problems or those unmet needs. So let's talk about the topics. You can have, see, see this is all thinking. See, and, and once you, and you shouldn't rush through this part you may say well gee i can only think of five things or even two things that's fine but just before you go to bed and you're going to sleep something may have jumped in your head write that down that's why i say having this beside you you can jot that down right away so if you, doesn't matter taking your time, but for me, it's easier for me to write probably than most people because I've always expressed myself well, not in elementary school, however, <laughs> not, in, not, in, well, not in high school. I was, I, you know, I hated to read. I absolutely hated to read as a youngster. We had to do um, book reviews. Sure. And you remember those damn things? Oh, doing a book report every yeah. every week. Well, I <laughs> I found my way. I discovered my way around that problem. You watched a movie and then wrote about that. <laughs> You're. What? You, don't, you don't think you don't think that I haven't figured that part out yet? <laughs> not 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 when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the, the adventures full of marks, Robin Hood and stuff. Full marks for you, Kevin. Full marks. Great. <laughs> I I I yeah, actually it was it was TV shows at the time. I watched the TV show and I wrote about that. And of course I looked, I just got an ordinary book, went to the back of the book, copied down the publisher's name and, 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 and an author's name. <laughs> I made up the author's name. I just made the publisher's name and address. 
put put it right in there. It's good full marks, but that yeah, that's what I used to do. The same. So you're probably guilty of the same thing. But <laughs> yeah, sir. There there was a movie called uh, uh, It Happened One Night, which was uh, about the uh, Titanic. And there's also the book of the same name. And and uh, uh, I watched the movie, didn't read the book, and and <laughs> but my teacher was smarter than me, so they figured that part out. Well, you see, you did pick two popular. Yeah, uh, it got to be more obscure. I get it. I Maybe. I did this off of a, off of a movie. I was I remember I was sitting at home watching TV because I was home with a cold, bad cold, and I was watching TV, and that was the TV the the film the movie that I'd seen on TV. I just wrote it, and uh, and you know you are you know I like to read. I love to read comic books. Sure. I I went through them like, and don't asked me why, and and I never read. I ne- you know, I think I read my first book. I mean, even even in high school for for English. Yeah, and this is somebody who's written a book, right? That's, you may think it's funny. Well, t- this is what I'm trying to show. It doesn't matter what your background is. For English, you're reading Charles Dickens and all these all these Shakespearean. You know, no, you know. I don't know if they had them where you are, but we had something called Cole's Notes. And Cole's Notes. This was actually a company. It was a bookstore called Coles, and they they hired someone who wrote synopsises of all these. <laughs> you know, so you I wasn't going to read a Charles Dickens story. It was friggin' deep. Come on, I got better things to do. Well, and especially like uh, um, Shakespeare and stuff. You, it's it's hard to understand the language when you're reading Shakespeare because it's it, the same words mean different things in the 15th century than they do today. Exactly, exactly. And so we went to these Cole's notes and, you know, everything down like that. But talking about Shakespeare, I came to love Shakespeare. This is going now, this is going further, like back into on into university, because I thought the language was so cool. Like, when's last has I seen thine own knee? This is uh, Hamlet talking to big fat false off. I mean, things like that. And and things like how fair it is to lie betwixt the maiden's legs. I mean, they were talking about these things. <laughs> no, this is a family show. Come on. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, this is Shakespeare. And they didn't, you know, and of course, all the guys, Wah! you know, <laughs> and uh, like in, in Hamlet, his father says, I've come to wet thy almost blunted purpose, you know, which means what it was i mean he had to re- reshape his goals right but the boys are going oh blundered purpose you know so <laughs> we're finding all these neat things in obscure language that's the same things we do today you know that you talk about only it was far more eloquent far more sophisticated and 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 roman it was and so it's funny the older i got the more i i started to read now I can, you know, and I went to magazine articles and I'm a, I'm not a, I don't go, I'm not a crazy reader, but I enjoy reading and I enjoy, I enjoy old, you know what, I bet you, if you try this experiment, go up to any teenager today and say, do you know what a cobbler is? Oh, they'd have no idea. <laughs> no idea. You're right. And I've done that with many words. They have no idea, but these words uh, are beautiful. I mean, they're they're so descriptive. 
and the, the English language is so many descriptive and that's this is what I kind of this is kind of depressing now because of uh, the way the English language is going today and the kids kids you know kids and I, I didn't I, I was shocked until three four years ago I find out that kids can you know when, when you're when your kids are growing up and you didn't want them to know, uh, oh, uh, the Johnsons are getting D-I-V-O-R-C-E-D uh, next week because you didn't want the kids. The kids couldn't spell. So you didn't want them to hear like, you know, the words, important words of the parents. Well, it's the same thing with writing. Kids today can no longer read cursive. They only print. I they don't I, they don't teach cursive in schools anymore. They don't. And I didn't I found that out by accident. I hired some high school kid to do some work for me. I said, just write this out. Oh, I can't. He couldn't read my writing. <laughs> he says, I can't read it. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I said, what 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 what? But you're right. They they don't teach because you know it's all on keyboard. So now but so it's a lost valuable art. And it's just like so many things are becoming today. The humanness is being taken away and replaced yes, by. Very true, but I'm afraid cursive is not coming back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it makes sense. But you can type cursively now. Yes, you can, but it, it, it but what it, there's no purpose. There's no reason to. Exactly. Exactly. And. But, I don't want them to know what I'm talking about. I'm going to write it out in cursive. <laughs> That's right. By the way, we're, we're running out of time, young man. Okay. So let's get your information out about uh, how somebody can contact you. So that if they'd like you to coach them to write a book, how do they do that? Well, they just write me at K-O-R-Y at K-O-R-Y Livingstone, Corey Livingstone, I presume, dot com. <laughs> or... <laughs> So they, that's my email, or just look me up on the internet, uh, Corey Livingstone. Just spell it with a K. Yep, you're right. Okay. You're right here, and it's got it's got quiet determination. By the way, I'm sure that in your reflections and time, that you have discovered what quiet determination means to you. What does it mean? It means you have a goal to do. And you're going to, you have a goal to reach and you are going to go there in a methodical way, one foot after the other until you reach your goal. And you don't do it. You just do it as a matter of course. You don't look for praise. You don't look for adulation. You just roll up your sleeves and as they say, you just do it. And that's basically what it is. No whining, no complaining. You just do it. That yeah, is quiet determination. Whining and complaining. A lot of people do that just for fun. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Just for fun. It's just like, I don't know if what it's like there, but we've had these truckers. Uh, oh, you know, uh, tie up our our main streets uh, because I don't want to have the COVID shot. I don't want to do it. It's my freedom. You know, the last time I saw that was a five-year-old child laying on the kitchen floor, kicking their arms and legs up on the floor. Saying, I don't want to wash my hands and face. Okay. So, but 
the bottom line is, you know, yeah, some things just must be done. And that's the only way you can do it. Just do it. Don't, you know, there's don't look around. That's just the way it is. You know, the grass is green, the sky is blue. And, you know, that's the way it is. Well, you know, the younger generation can learn a few things from you, I'm afraid. Um, so that would be, you know, I hope somebody will, will reach out to you and, uh, will work with you. By the way, I'm looking at your website. You've also got a bunch of music here and a bunch of videos. And, uh, you, if you connect with, with Corey, you can get some stuff and, uh, that would be, that would be fun. So congratulations on what you're doing. You're, you are continuing to step out there and continuing to progress. Thank you very much, Kevin. And and that's the, that's the whole thing, you know. You can't stop. Well, you can, but it's hardly worth the journey if you're going to stop. Yeah, well, there's no reason to stop. There's no reason. There's no reason to stop. It's it's, you know, it reminds me of that thing. Have you ever watched The Simpsons? Uh, <laughs> I, I this kills me. Um, Bart Simpson had been trying to do things through this one particular episode. He'd been, everything he'd done, he'd failed. He'd failed to do it. And it just didn't work. And and, and, that, and sort of the, the, the epilogue, Homer standing with him, father and son talk. Well, so now after all this time, all these tries, Bart, what have you learned about life? Goes, That's right. Never try. <laughs> that, was, that was the <laughs> And that doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't work. You got right. to keep going and, and keep doing what you're doing. And, and, uh, and you know, the, the reality is if you're following your passion, if it's something that you truly love to do, who cares if it's successful and what does successful mean? You were right earlier. It's not money. It's if you're successful in your own eyes, that's all that matters. It's all that matters. Yes. Yes. That's, you know, it's like yourself. I mean, you've got umpteen podcasts and uh, you know, you're doing, you're, you're living the life. <laughs> I am. <clears throat> this is, this is more fun than you're allowed to have with your clothes on. I'm just, there I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I get to talk to people like you, which are which is really which is really cool. By the way, we've been talking with Corey Livingstone. And if you want to go to his website, it's CoreyLivingstone.com. And that's Corey with a K. And so make sure that you go there and you can join his group, pick up some music, and uh um, and buy the book, Quiet Determination. Uh, and stuff so so do all that is there anything you'd like to say before we leave young man well um well thank you very much for for having me uh, uh on the show oh you're so welcome you know? and i would just say generally to people you know we all have thoughts um negative thoughts about what we're doing or what we might do but we have to you know ignore those in spite of those everybody has that you know, it's what we do in spite of those thoughts. Just, you know, ignore your, uh, ignore your, those negative thoughts, you know, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and just, you know, keep, keep on going. You know, Chinese proverbs, proverb says, fall six times, get up seven.
that's it. That's that's all. That's all you can do. If you keep, life is going to knock you down. You got to keep getting up, um, and and you can, you will succeed. You'll succeed. Again, we've been talking with Corey Livingstone. Uh, go to CoreyLivingstone.com and get all of his works. And, uh, sir, you stay right there. I'll be right back. And uh, thank you so much. Well done. The following presentation is brought. <clears throat> Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.